Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, friends, today we have a really fun, if I do say so myself, episode that I personally am very excited for. Now, I'm going to skip over the catch-up segment for today because not a lot to update you on there, and I really want to get into today's topic. So we've discussed the theme of personal style and aesthetic once before on this podcast, and I'll leave that episode in the show notes in case you're interested, but today we're going to approach the topic a little differently. Now, a little bit of background, I realized that over the last little while, even though getting dressed is something that I do literally every single day, it's something that I continuously feel overwhelmed by. And my relationship with getting dressed is one that I've noticed is not as easy or not where I would like it to be. And there are so many reasons for this from having items in my closet take up space that I don't feel are a reflection of me and my personal style or generally that I never wear, to just not feeling connected to my personal style in general and therefore chasing trends and, you know, looking to others and trying to copy what they're doing but not really feeling great about it. I haven't always given my sense of style a lot of thought or attention, but there has always been this sense of curiosity there and sort of a desire to learn about myself through my style. And I realized something, which is that in the same way, I haven't ever fully embraced and felt 100% about myself and who I am in general, the same can be said for my relationship with my style. So I haven't always felt 100% about my style or even close to that. And it always kind of feels like something is missing or the goalpost is always moving. So in other words, I'm always having to find that one thing to complete myself or in this case, my wardrobe. So it's this constant search for that one thing that will finally give me permission to embrace who I am, feel that sense of confidence, and authentically present that to the world. And like I said, this applies to just generally my relationship with myself and my relationship with my style. Now, I've always thought about my style as a completely separate thing from who I am, and 
didn't ever think my relationship with style could tell me anything about myself. But as you guys know, I've been reading this book called Wear It Well, and the author of that is Alison Borenstein. And as I was reading it, there was this one line that really stood out to me very early in the book. And it was something like, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And it was like a light bulb went off and I realized how my relationship with style actually does in fact tell me a lot about myself and mirrors my self-expression or the way that I limit myself in other areas. So for example, let's take my career and my creative self-expression. Some of the narratives that I find hindering the way I show up in that category also show up in the way I dress. So things like assuming someone else knows what's best for me better than I know what's best for myself, assuming people are doing it better or know something that I don't and therefore feeling like I have to follow what they're doing or follow trends as opposed to express myself authentically and hiding or even suppressing natural parts of myself out of the fear that they won't be acceptable or appropriate and just generally feeling shame or like there's something inherently wrong with who I am and how I present myself. Now, you guys know I've been working through some of these things for years now and have certainly come a long way, but I do think that style has been sort of a blind spot for me. And, you know, I've talked before about how this process of examining my relationship with myself in the world and having the intention of shifting that in different ways at times has felt frivolous and self-indulgent. So in other words, to self-reflect and to want better outcomes for myself often feels frivolous and, like I said, self-indulgent. And so that is definitely amplified for me in the case of examining my relationship with my style. So I would say that perhaps the reason this aspect of my self-expression remained a blind spot for so long is because I was operating under the assumption that it wasn't or shouldn't be important to me. But as I was reading this book, I noticed that I felt really energized by the idea of examining my relationship with style a little bit more. And like I said earlier, dressing myself is something I do and will do every single day for the rest of my life. So why not try to have a better relationship with it? One where I feel excited and comfortable and confident getting dressed and presenting myself to the world and seeing how that impacts, again, other areas of my self-expression. So that's what we're going to be exploring in this episode. And just to provide a little bit more of an overview of today's format, I am going to start off by just sharing some of my goals for this exercise. Then I want to explore some of the negative voices that are present when I'm getting dressed or when I'm looking at my closet. I also want to share a little overview of my experience with a couple of the processes outlined in the book, including the closet edit and the three-word method. 
And then finally, I'll share some other little practices that I've been enjoying. If you enjoy this episode or this theme and want something a bit more visual to accompany, especially the closet edit and the three-word method, I'll be sharing everything on TikTok, Instagram, and then for my long format fans on YouTube. And then, of course, in addition to the book, where, well, Allison has a lot of series on YouTube and TikTok and a few really good podcast episodes where she breaks down her processes in more depth and I'll leave those in the show notes as well. Okay, so starting off with my intentions for this exercise and when I say exercise, what I'm referring to here in this episode as well as on social media is the process of giving my closet and my relationship with style a little makeover. So number one, to simplify and systematize my closet as well as the process of getting dressed in general just to make it more smooth and easy and have it consume less energy and experience less choice overwhelm. Number two, to enjoy the process of getting dressed, buying clothes, and styling more. Like I said, I do it every day, so I would like to look forward to and enjoy that process. I also want to establish a structure to build and organize my closet that is rooted in my own personal style. To stop the cycle of mindless shopping that doesn't make me feel good. So things like following trends or copying what someone else is wearing, even if it's not really my style. And to allow my relationship with my personal style to be a source of inspiration, self-expression, joy, and generally to feel confident in what I wear and how I present myself. And then last but not least, to deconstruct shame-based narratives that are presenting themselves in my relationship with my style. And I want to dig into this last one a little further because one of the first exercises that Allison has you do in the book right off the bat is to sit in front of your closet and just notice any negative voices that pop up when thinking about getting dressed. Now, These can be very subtle or very loud and have been likely internalized through personal experiences. So maybe being criticized, shamed, laughed at, or even subtle comments being made about some aspect of your style or even your physical appearance in general. But they can also come from things like societal or religious narratives or beliefs that we've internalized or even you know, maybe witnessing other people talk about their style in a certain way or their appearance in a certain way or watching other people get criticized for certain things. And what I realized as I was doing this exercise is that my self-expression and the way I dress becomes more about avoiding these voices than actually being true to myself. And of course, The nice thing about becoming aware of these narratives, not even just as it relates to personal style, is that we can begin to discern which ones are actually our own versus what we've internalized from others. And while they may not go away immediately just by being aware of them, the goal for me is ultimately just to pay less attention to them, to recognize, you know, these are not my thoughts. This is not how I really truly feel about myself and to not allow them 
to inform so heavily how I relate to myself and others. And in this case, the process of getting dressed. So creating distance from these narratives feels a lot more expansive and helps me realize all the limitations I put on myself and my self-expression and how good does it feel to begin to let these things go. So for me, it really didn't take long to identify what these negative voices were saying. They pretty much came into my head immediately. So one, which I already mentioned, is that caring about personal style is self-indulgent and frivolous. And of course, I don't want to be perceived as self-indulgent and frivolous. So therefore, I don't want to care about my personal style. Another is this theme of my body and certain aspects of my appearance being inappropriate and therefore they should be hidden. So, you know, don't dress too provocatively. You'll be asking for it if you do. And very early in life, I internalized this idea that I am responsible for dressing myself in a way that isn't too distracting or enticing to others. And to get a little bit more specific, I'm referring to men here, which is very confusing when combined with this constant pressure to be appealing to men. And I think this confusion led me to have a difficult relationship with my body and with the way that I dress, you know, trying to find this balance of being appealing but not too appealing because then like I said you are quote asking for it and that's a whole other conversation to be had which I think is a huge problem but for now just noticing that this dynamic feeds into my relationship with my style. Another negative voice which I feel unfortunately a lot of us may experience is the fear of looking too big or too heavy and needing to choose outfits that hide this first and foremost. Another one is a fear of dressing too old. I actually remember this one time this guy I was casually dating said like I was going to work and he said that the outfit I was wearing to work was grandma-ish and like laughed at me and it was really embarrassing But then again, and especially if you are in a professional setting, there's also this balance of not wanting to appear too juvenile or too young. Another big one for me, and I can't pinpoint exactly where this came from, is not wanting to appear like I'm trying too hard. We will be coming back to this one a lot throughout this episode because I've noticed it's actually a really impactful theme for me is not wanting to feel overdressed or to stand out too much which means that I very rarely take risks and when I do I feel uncomfortable the whole time and then the last one is the fear of looking cheap or not being able to fit in with trends because maybe I can't afford them and I definitely picked this one up from early life and probably like elementary school where the majority of my clothes were thrifted or hand-me-downs, which of course now I really appreciate in hindsight. But at the time, I always felt embarrassed of that and like I wanted to be able to fit in with the Hollister, Abercrombie, Lululemon wearing crowd. And 
I actually remember one particular scarring experience where I found this Abercrombie knockoff at a store called Giant Tiger that we have in Canada. So it was like fake Abercrombie and I wore it to school one day really excited because I thought it looked real and I was like, oh yes, like I finally get to, I don't know, participate in this trend. And then one of my friends called me out publicly for it and said like, I know that's from Giant Tiger basically. And still that experience has stuck with me because again, I want to avoid being scrutinized for looking cheap or looking like I'm wearing a knockoff or looking like I can't afford to fit in, for example. So having an idea of these narratives means that when I'm getting dressed, I can at least recognize these voices and identify where they may have come from and create some distance from them so that they're not playing such a huge role in how I'm getting dressed. And the next part of this process is what I think is the most satisfying part, which is organizing the closet. Now, this is where the visuals may come in handy and you'll be able to see me actually walk through the process in real time either on YouTube or in my TikTok and Instagram series, but I'll give you a little overview of the process. And again, this is what Allison outlines in her book. You can also find this outlined on her social media in more detail. And I didn't follow it exactly to a T. I kind of adapted certain aspects of what I found to be helpful. But before we get into it, I just want to say that there has got to be something happening on an energetic level when we clear out or even just organize our space and in this case our closet. I think it creates some sort of flow and eliminates stagnancy. I just did this today and it was so refreshing. I kind of feel like it's very similar to clearing out old emotions. So maybe talking to a therapist, talking to a friend and just clearing out some of the things that aren't really serving a purpose in our lives anymore, but that may be consuming a lot of space. And actually, it's not just the clear out process that I really love. It's also organizing things that helps me to feel grounded. Basically, being able to make the whole experience of getting dressed and choosing an outfit easier and maybe even enjoyable so that we have more energy for other things and because we are getting dressed at the beginning of the day in most cases to think that that could be an easy streamlined you know maybe fun pleasurable experience reflecting on how that could completely shift the way we start our day versus if getting dressed is something that we generally dread or you know that we feel overwhelmed by or that consumes a lot of energy Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And just generally feeling that we deserve to have that relationship of ease as well, not just with our closet, but with any area of our life. Okay, so following along with Allison's closet edit process, here's how I'm approaching this. So the first step is going through my closet and taking out all of the things that I wear all of the time. So this will be the regular category. Now, something that she says in the book is to be mindful of the tendency to pick out items we wish we wore more of. For this part of the exercise, it's more about identifying what I regularly reach for and what that tells me about my style. And doing it in this way will also help me to further identify, categorize, and essentially tell the story of my style in the next section where I'm going to identify my three words using the three-word method. I also think it's interesting to consider the relationship I have with the clothes that I'm wearing on a regular basis. So again, pulling those things out that I'm wearing regularly, looking at them and asking, do I actually like them? Do I feel comfortable in them? Do I feel like they're actually a reflection of my own personal style? And again, this can actually be a data point. I found it was with me to some of those negative narratives that may feed into how I'm regularly getting dressed. The next step is to go through my closet and take out the things that I never wear. So this will be the never category. And in the same way that the regulars can help to tell a story about my style, so can the nevers. So maybe these are things that were trendy but not really my style, or maybe they're things that are not comfortable or don't really suit my body type but I saw looked good on someone else and one thing about identifying the nevers and picking up any themes that I really like is that Allison points out it can help us to notice buying patterns that we can start to move away from so again coming back to that intention I shared earlier of wanting to stop mindlessly shopping in a way that doesn't feel good being aware of the things in my closet that I never wear and noticing any themes will help me to have that little pause or buffer when I do go to purchase something 
just to ask myself if this is something that I could see, you know, ending up in the never pile months down the line. Another good philosophy that I've been trying to follow, whether it's small or big purchases, is that idea that if it's not a hell yes in the moment I'm trying it on or looking at it online, it's a no. Usually the things that I end up gravitating to and reaching for again and again are the things that I feel that excitement about and can't stop thinking about at the time of the purchase. Okay, so then with that never pile that I've created, the closet editing system has you break them down even further. So the first pile is no. Things that I can immediately say, yeah, like I don't wear this and I don't want to wear this. So I'm going to, you know, donate it or sell it or give it to a friend. The second is not right now. So the things that I don't necessarily want to get rid of right now, but that I can set aside and clear out of my closets that I'm you know, not looking at them all the time and they're not taking up space and cluttering things. So for me, for example, right now, what that pile looks like is a lot of pre-pregnancy clothes that don't fit me right now. So I can tuck that away and not have to look at them every single day. And also summer clothes, tucking those away because I'm not going to wear them. But then I imagine, you know, specifically once I've given birth, I'll probably swap some of those items back in and then on the flip side, put some of the clothing that I'm wearing now that is a bit bigger into that pile for, you know, if I ever get pregnant again. And then the third pile is how, which are basically items that I like and don't want to get rid of, but I don't really know how to wear them or integrate them into my wardrobe. And then what I can do with that pile is just to consider how I can bring them back into my closet and pair them with things that I'm already wearing a lot. And, you know, maybe if I go through that process, I try to bring them back into my closet and it doesn't work out, then I can come back to them later. Then it's just about organizing everything that's left. So maybe categorizing by color, season, grouping together similar items and What I'm left with is an organized closet that is hopefully mainly filled with items that I'm wearing regularly that I feel comfortable in and maybe some newfound things that I haven't really worn in a while, but I've found new ways to style them or to wear them. Okay, so next I want to talk about the three-word method, which is, again, another process that is outlined on her social media in her book and what I like about this is that it provides a baseline and some sense of groundedness in being able to identify and define my style because that truly is something that if someone were to ask me you know what is your sense of style how would you describe your style I literally would not know what to say and This reminds me of something I really love to do in my manifestation practice, which is to establish core values in each area of my life. So what are my core values as it relates to my career? Something to ground my vision and align my life to. It also helps me to differentiate what I should want based on the expectations of others, societal norms and narratives from what I actually want for myself and for my life. So establishing my core values in an area that I'm focusing on, let's say, for example, career, 
really helps me to then move in a direction that feels purposeful and also to filter choices I make in my career through that lens. So this is really cool because we're essentially approaching connecting with our sense of style in the same way. So choosing three words to define your style and, you know, they each represent something slightly different. So the first word, as per the three-word method, is a reflection of your current style. So going back to the closet edit section, I can look at all the things that I'm wearing on a day-to-day basis, and that can help me to identify what this word is. So for me, I pulled out all of the things that I was wearing regularly. I, first of all, saw a lot of, or excuse me, I didn't see a lot of color. That will come up later. But I saw a lot of fleeces, sweatpants, sneakers, leggings, t-shirts, baseball hats, and even cargo pants, I would say. So that helps me to come up with an idea of what I'm wearing most often and what this word would be, which for me, I would categorize these items as sporty or even casual. And this makes sense because the things that I'm wearing regularly are a reflection of my day-to-day lifestyle, which is working from home, going outside a lot, and generally finding myself in a much more casual setting most of the time. So it does make sense, but it also feels like sometimes that limits me from wanting to take risks or integrate new pieces that are less casual into my closet because I'm, you know, asking myself the question of, well, what opportunity exists to actually wear these things? But this was an interesting discovery for me because it means that I'm not really challenging myself to create those opportunities or just allowing myself to take risks to wear less casual clothing when I want to. And, you know, when I do have those opportunities, I have very few outfits to choose from. I also find that the narrative of don't try too hard really informs my sense of style a lot. So, Coming back to what I said about the voices, some of them are subtle, some of them are loud. This one for me is quite loud. And, you know, in reality, I could use any opportunity in my life to dress up a bit in a way that still feels natural and comfortable. But with that idea in mind of don't try too hard or that narrative, I should say, I find myself falling back on this casual, sporty vibe as my comfort zone most of the time. Which brings me to my second word, which is more so an aspirational word to describe my style. So envisioning a future version of myself that is confident, dressing how I want, and ultimately free of those negative voices, and asking, how does that version of me dress? I can still maintain that connection with my more casual side, but this version of myself maybe feels more comfortable taking risks and allowing herself to try and to be seen trying. So the word that I chose to describe this version of myself was classic, and what I envision, for example, are long trench coats, trousers, blazers, 
maybe some different patterns and textures like stripes and linen because when I look at my closet now, it's a lot of kind of sweatpant legging materials and I want to be able to think about clothing and my sense of style in a way that makes me feel really confident and perhaps a little bit more polished in some circumstances. Not with the pressure to always look put together or fancy necessarily, but just to put that effort in that makes me feel good about the way I present myself. And again, coming back to the idea that I deserve to take care of myself in that way. This version of me feels free of that narrative that it's bad to try hard and that feels really expansive and liberating to me. So what I love about this three-word method is not thinking about each of these words in isolation. I can combine any of my words together to integrate different aspects of myself and my self-expression. So an example of an outfit may be leggings but instead of a hoodie on top adding an oversized wool sweater a baseball hat a trench coat and some sneakers and I've been having a lot of fun thinking about different combos that bring in both of these words and still feel very connected to me and that feels a lot more balanced and comfortable especially as I do experiment with those more classic pieces okay and then the third word is how I want to feel in my clothing or in what I wear. So the obvious answer here for me, immediately this word came to mind, is comfortable. And that applies whether I'm working from home or going out for dinner. Either way, I want to feel comfortable. And that ultimately allows me to feel more confident. I think that's why I sometimes gravitate away from dressing up. It's because... I associate dressing up with being uncomfortable. So maybe having to wear shoes that aren't comfortable like heels or tight tailored clothing that restricts my movement. So keeping in mind when I look for classic pieces to make sure that they're still really comfortable, I think that is a really helpful thing to be aware of. And it also means that when I do take the risk of purchasing something a little bit out of my comfort zone that's a little bit more classic, that I'm actually more likely to wear it on a consistent basis and that can become something I'm wearing more regularly because it's comfortable. I know that about myself that I won't wear something consistently if I don't feel physically comfortable in it. What also helped me is to add in a few additional words that kept coming up as themes throughout all of these three words, which are oversized, and I think that's connected with the comfort piece. I feel more comfortable in sort of oversized items. Another one is neutral. I not only sense that this would be important to me, but when I looked at my closet, I immediately saw that I gravitate a lot towards black, white, gray as a base, and I don't really have a lot of patterns. But with that said, another thing I noticed is when I was scrolling Pinterest, I was saving a lot of outfits that were neutral but had a pop of color. So maybe a bright hat or shoes or a scarf or a bag, for example. So all that to say, my words are sporty or casual, classic, comfortable, oversized, neutral, and pop of color. 
Okay, some final thoughts before we close out. I wanted to share a couple of things that I've been doing in addition to everything I've shared so far. So number one, I've been kind of slowly doing a social media edit. So similar to what I've been doing in my closet, I've been doing also kind of curating my social media feed. So looking through who I follow, especially those who I follow specifically for their style. And I've been actually unfollowing people that I don't really feel are aligned to my personal style. And, you know, maybe I do really like the way that they dress, but seeing them on my feed over and over again kind of overwhelms me in some way because I feel pressure to dress like that. So I feel like in this phase, it's best for me to have a more clean and organized curated feed based on my personal style so that any inspiration that's coming through actually resonates and integrates well to what I like and what my personal style is. The next thing I've been doing is actually identifying a couple of style inspirations. So finding people who I feel reflect really well, one, two, or even three of my words from the three-word method. And then lastly, creating folders with images for inspiration. I have really been enjoying using Pinterest to curate folders with each of my three words with outfit ideas, especially those that include items I already have in my closet. It just helps to see visually some combos that I could create using items that I already have and then also inspires me with items that I don't necessarily have that I can mix into what I do have and I've enjoyed creating specific folders for each word and then also combining the words so I have a folder for casual sporty outfits I have a folder for more classic outfits then I have a folder for outfits that are both casual and classic. So that is our episode for today. Something a little bit different, but that's been really inspiring for me to think about lately. And again, I'll leave all of the resources, including Allison's social media, a link to the book, and an episode that she walks through everything in much more detail than I could have in this episode. I'll also leave links to my social media so you can follow along my journey there if you're not already. I've been sharing some little updates on TikTok and Instagram and then a longer series on YouTube. So definitely check that out if you enjoyed this episode. And the last thing I'll say is that a bunch of you have been sending screenshots or adding to your story, time alone being on your Spotify wrapped top podcast. And I just want to thank you you truly and let you know how grateful I am that you are listening, that you support this podcast and that you share the podcast. It really, really means a lot to me. So thank you as always for being here and I'll see you in the next episode. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. 
Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.